on this episode of This Justin. If I have 30 seconds to live, I'm grabbing a bottle of whiskey and a blow-up doll. Now let's start the show. Hello and welcome. It's me. Um, episode 34, I think. Um, it's my birthday. Happy birthday to me. Happy birthday to me. I have no friends. Happy birthday to me. I hate my life. <laughs> I'm kidding. I do have friends, but I am alone. It is my birthday. I'm not joking about that. Um, I am alone in my RV, uh, which, as you know, is just temporary now. This is uh, no longer a permanent white trash solution for me. I will be white trash only for, hopefully, another four months or so. Um, and then I'll have an actual house. Um, I'm going to plan something big for the podcast for that. I want to plan something big. I don't know. It's going to be <coughs> right in the middle of the school year. So I, I don't know how that's going to work. I'm going to be very busy. Uh, single dad stuff. You know how that is. Uh, so anyway... Um, yeah, welcome back. Um, it's been a couple weeks. Uh, you know, I, I try to put out a show every week. That's what I've been trying to do. Um, however, last week, um, I was very busy and then I got sick. I got the flu. Um, I'm assuming it was a flu. It acted like the flu. Um, at one point I was literally on the pot. It was coming out of one end. Um, the, the end that you think it would be coming out of whenever you're on the pot. And then I had an actual like cooking pot. And so there were two pots involved, the pot I was sitting on and then the pot I was holding in my hands and it was coming out of both ends at the same time. And so that happened. And, um, I think I might've lost every bit of water that was in my body, um, I was so incredibly thirsty. I've not been that thirsty. I swear, like, when I finally started being able to hold down water, because I was thirsty, but I couldn't drink. Because every time I drink, it would just come right back up. Um, and by the time I was able to actually hold down liquid, um, I drank. Uh, it must have been two gallons of water and Pedialyte in one day. I mean, I just kept drinking. I could not get enough fluid in my body. And so my son got it. So we had it at the same time. Like, he got it first. He got it the day before I did. Um, he woke up. He started eating breakfast. He seemed fine. I made him breakfast. He started eating halfway through his breakfast. He just stopped and he put his plate down. And if you're a parent, you know that look. The look that your, your kid gets whenever they're going to throw up. <laughs> it was just like this blank mouth half open, like glassy eyed, gone look in his eyes like there's nothing there. Like it looks like how an adult looks when they're blackout drunk. It's kind of like that look. He just kind of went somewhere else and he put his plate down and he said, Dad. <laughs> and immediately I knew I was like, shit. So I went and got the pot, he threw up, and uh, yeah, man, he was down, and then uh, the next, overnight, the next night, you know, I go to sleep, 
and halfway through the night, I wake up and then I got the two pot situation at like 3 a.m. Um, and then, you know, of course now we both got it. And the next morning he wakes up and he's still, you know, in terrible shape. I am in even worse shape because it just hit me. Um, and so <laughs> I'm trying to, I have a sick kid trying to take care of a sick kid when you are also sick, uh, especially with something like the flu is, is it's fucking, it's, it's the worst. It is the absolute worst, but we got through it. Um, it was only a couple days. We're good now. He's back to normal. I'm obviously back to normal or I wouldn't be doing this. Um, went to my house, um, <clears throat> that I'm trying to sell the house that my ex and I used to live in. Um, I mentioned last time that that's something that I was working on. Finally going to get that house sold and then I can build my next house. And so I was doing work all day there today on my birthday. I always work on my birthday. I haven't not worked on my birthday and God knows how long. I can't remember when was the last time I haven't worked on my birthday, but it's fine. I don't care. I'm not one of those people that really thinks makes a big deal about their birthday. I don't have social media. So like no one knows it's my birthday. Um, cause that's like how everyone knows it's your birthday now. Like no one actually remembers your birthday. I hardly remember my own siblings birthday. I have to use like tricks to remember <laughs> my siblings birthdays. And, uh, even then sometimes I forget and I'm like, Oh shit. So, um, anyway, the, um, I don't have social media. So like my best friend and his wife, my parents and my brother and sister are the only people who told me happy birthday today. And that's fine. I'm not complaining. Well, my son also, my, you know, my ex had, he's with, he's with his mom. So she had him call me and he told me, and that, that was really all I cared about. But it's just funny, like that, you know, the older you get, uh, even you don't give a shit about your birthday. Uh, but yet when other people don't care more about your birthday than you do, you're almost like, Oh, like a little bit, right? Like I'm not upset that I didn't get a bunch of birthday calls. I don't, I don't need it to feel good, but if I had gotten a bunch of birthday calls and texts, I'd be like, would I feel better? Yeah, probably maybe a little bit, but I'm still fine. Um, but no one knows because I'm not on social media. So no one knows it's my birthday because that's the only way anyone remembers now. But that's okay because that's all I need. Just a few happy birthdays from people closest to me. Uh, this RV and this laptop and this beer that's keeping the sad away. How do you like that segue? Today's beer that's keeping the sad away is Four Corners Brewing Company. Um, it's a spicy cella. Four Corners. It's a brewery in Dallas. Um, it's very good. They make really good stuff. Uh, I'm a big fan of most of their stuff. Now, I've never had the beer that I'm about to try now. And the beer that I'm about to try now is called Spicy Cella. Yes, like the first half of Chalada. Spicy, it's a spicy beer. 
it's a lime jalapeno lager. And let's see what it says here, the description. Um, it doesn't have a description. Oh, yeah, it does. A crisp lager with flavor of tart lime and subtle heat of jalapeno. 4.6% alcohol by volume. 13 IBU. So not very hoppy. Of course, you wouldn't imagine it to be. Uh, being a lime lager. Four and a half percent. Eh. You know. I like my beer to be, you know, 15-20%. But that's fine. That's fine. We'll, uh, we'll see how it goes. Now, I'm going to predict that it's going to taste like shit. Okay? I, th I don't think this is going to taste good. But I'm going to try it anyway. And you guys are going to get a live reaction here in the moment of how this beer tastes. Uh, so, gird your loins. Okay, so I got a nice pour here. Um, not a lot of head, which I prefer head. I don't know how, how you feel about it, but I, I love head. I, I, love, I, love, I love getting it. Um, I love it in my beer, um, but not a lot of head on this beer. Um, it smells a little, almost smells fruity. I guess that's where the lime comes from. And I can smell, I feel like I can smell the jalapeno, but, uh, all right, here we go. Exclusive world's first look. First sound, first taste of this beer. Here we go. It's weird. I can't make up my pun. It's it tastes like something. It tastes like a. Uh, it tastes like a chip. It tastes like some kind of Dorito. That I've had in the past. Oh my god, it tastes like... it. Ta no, it's not a Dorito. It tastes like these lime jalapeno tortilla chips that I've had before. Um, that's exactly what it tastes like. It tastes like if you've ever had uh, lime jalapeno tortilla chips, that's exactly what this beer tastes like. It tastes like a liquid version of that. I'm going to have another drink. I mean, it's not good. I don't think I like it as a beer. I mean, I'm going to finish it because you guys know I don't waste. But, uh, yeah. Oh, hold on. Someone's texting me. Oh, it's a pretty girl. Ooh, I got a pretty girl texting me. Hold on. Let me text her back. <clears throat> One moment, please. Hold on. I got to tell her I'm busy. Hey, hey. Slow down, Klinger. I'm in the middle of a podcast. I'm in the middle of recording it. You'll get your special time with me later. Sand. 
Should I tell her I'm just kidding? Uh, I feel like leaving it. But, yeah, maybe I will leave it. Yeah, I'm going to leave it. I'm going to see how she reacts. What do you think? Yeah, I'm going to leave it. Okay. <laughs> we'll see how she responds. I'll let you know. Okay, first story. Um, woman declared dead in Ecuador revives during her wake. Health <laughs> Health authorities investigate. I'm not drunk. You're drunk. <clears throat> Jeez. Um, Quito, Ecuador. This is from the Associated Press. A 76-year-old woman who was declared dead at a hospital in Ecuador astonished her relatives by knocking on her coffin during her wake, and the incident has prompted a government investigation into the hospital. Relatives left the coffin behind and rushed retired nurse Bella Montoya back to the hospital after the wake Friday in the central city of Babahoyo. Son, Son Gilberto, what is happening? In the central city of Babahoyo, son, her son, Gilberto Barbera, told the Associated Press, Jesus. Um, it gave us all a fright, Barbara said, adding that doctors have said this mother's situation remains dire. Ecuador's health ministry said that Montoya was in intensive care Monday at the Martin Icaza Hospital in Babahoyo while the ministry investigates doctors involved in her case. A technical committee has been formed to review how the hospital issues death certificates, the ministry said in a statement. Montoya initially had been admitted Friday at the hospital with a possible stroke and cardiopulmonary arrest, and when she did not respond to resuscitation, a doctor on duty declared her dead, uh, which she clearly was not. Barbera said his mother was unconscious when she was brought to the emergency room, and that a few hours later a doctor informed him that she was dead and handed over identity documents and a death certificate. The family then brought her to a funeral home uh, and were holding a wake later, Friday, when they started to hear strange sounds. There were about 20 of us there, Barbara said. After about five hours of the wake, the coffin started to make sounds. <laughs> I'm surprised this lady had enough energy. I mean, she had been technically dead, or declared dead. She was dead enough that she tricked a doctor into thinking that she was dead. And then they threw her into a coffin... And then she was in there for a long time, and then she had enough strength to knock loud enough so that people could hear her, uh, presumably over the talking. I'm sure there was, like, people in a room talking. Um, man, that's insane. Um, she was... So either she actually died and came back to life, uh, which has happened. I got another story about a nun here in a second I'm going to tell you about. Um... They uh, either she died and actually came back to life, or she wasn't completely dead and the doctor just fucked up. Probably the latter is more true. However, you know what? I was about to say, you know, some of these countries they may need organs real bad. You know, you've heard the things about like how you have uh, 
some people are hesitant to put that they're organ donors on their driver's license uh, because they're afraid that if they're ever in an accident where they could go either way. Um, and I think this is stupid. I don't, but, or, or, or is it? I don't know. But they think that if they could go either way, that the doctors would let them die because they're organ donors just to harvest their organs to save, to save someone else. But my, my counter argument to that has always been, so they're going to let one person die it, so that they can possibly save, maybe save someone else. Well, it's not like, because if it's a numbers game and you're just trying to save, you're, you're just trying to increase the number of lives saved, then you would just save this person's life. Then that way, like you, you would save your life, right? The doctor would save yours, and then they would be like a bird in the hand, right? So instead of, why would they kill you intentionally just on the off chance that maybe they can save someone else? So that's always been my counter argument. I don't believe in that. I'm just saying that um, that thought went through my head and then I thought about it for two seconds and then I thought, well, don't say that. That's stupid. And then I said it anyway, which is something I do a lot. Like I'm one of those people where I'll have a smart thought and I'll be in the middle of saying something smart and then a stupid thought will just like elbow its way in there just to get right up in the middle of it. And then I'll, I'll pause for a second and then I'll think about the stupid thought and I'll think about saying it and I'll be like, no, 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 that's stupid. I'm not going to say it. But then because there was like this hesitancy and this pause, then I have to explain why I had the pause. And then I have to tell you all about the stupid thought that I had and how I had it, but then I shouldn't have had it. And then I decided I wasn't going to say it, but then I told you anyway. <laughs> I should text her back. She hasn't text back. I feel bad. JK. I'll text you later. I feel bad. I don't want her to think I was being mean. I love you. I'm just kidding. I'm not going to tell. No, that's a little, little early for that. Um, she is cute, though. She is cute. Um, where am I at? Uh, there were about 20 of us there, Barbara said. After about five hours of the wake, the coffin started to make sounds. Uh, my mom was wrapped in sheets and hitting the coffin. And when we approached, we could see that she was breathing heavily. Though he had relative, he and relatives rushed her back to the hospital she was still in serious condition. She was under intubation, and doctors weren't giving relatives much hope about her prognosis. No details have been released about the doctor who had prematurely declared the woman dead. I wish this would happen to me. I honestly do. I wish that I would be declared legally dead, and then I would come back to life, and everyone I'd get a death certificate, everyone would have a funeral... Everyone would feel bad for me. I'd get a bunch of pity and sympathy and a bunch of attention that, you know, I, I don't deserve uh, for free. Um, and then after everything settled, well, I would, 
I would escape, but then I wouldn't tell anybody, and I would just let everyone think I was there. That's kind of the dream. So then you can just kind of go anywhere and do anything. Well, I guess anything that doesn't require... Well, no, you still have your driver's license. You can still have your driver's license, right? Like, they don't know that you're carrying around the driver's license of a dead person who happens to also be you. I guess the only thing that... What would you not be able to do? I gotta look this up. Now I want to know, like, what are things that you absolutely can't do if you're legally dead? I don't even know how to look that up. But I feel like you could probably just do anything that you could otherwise be able to do. It's just, if they want to run a background check, that would probably freak out the person doing the background check. You know, like you go to a place, you go like to rent an apartment, you know, because you got to have a place to live. They do your background check, or like this person is dead, and then they think you stole their identity. And then they probably call the cops, and then you probably get found out. So you would have to live in a van and just hope that you don't get pulled over ever. Easy. I would drive my car to the middle of the fucking woods. I would go to a state park and I would abandon my car and I would take an axe and I would go into the woods and I would chop down some trees and I would make myself a log cabin and you would never see me again. That would be the best. The best. I mean, assuming you knew how to survive in the woods, which I've got YouTube. I'll figure it out. It'll be fine. Somebody fake kill me. Alright, so I wanted to look up how many people are mistakenly declared dead every year. And I found an article and a video um, about just that. So let's have a listen. It's a little like something the earth's moving under your feet a bit. Susan and Edwin Nye, nicknamed Darby, have been married for 30 years and we're looking forward to many more in retirement. Wait, we're sorry to hear about the recent loss of Edwin Nye. So this was not something Susan ever expected. Dear Susan, we were recently notified of the death of your loved one to happen at this point in her life. We extend our sympathy. Letter after letter of condolences on the death of her husband. Medicare has asked us to end Edwin's membership in AARP Medicare. But there's one problem with this. Well, I'm not deceased. That's right. Darby isn't dead. Oh, but he's Darby. But the federal government thought he was. My credit card was denied. It all started in October when Darby's purchase at a local pharmacy was declined. When he called the bank to find out why, he was stunned to hear the answer. Well, they said Social Security Administration has informed us that you are dead. And when we die, we're supposed to be put on a list called the death master file. The Social Security Administration uses the death data to terminate our benefits and let other agencies know about our passing. But one typo can mistakenly declare you dead, digging a grave that buries you along with your finances. You might think this is... So is that really why we have to get a death certificate? Is it really just about money? So that Social Security doesn't keep paying for people who are already dead? Well, I guess that makes sense. 
I guess that does make sense. Never mind. Now I thought it through. That's another one of those stupid thoughts. Go ahead. Just a fluke. This happens almost on a daily basis. Attorney Joseph McClellan has made a career out of bringing people back from the dead. It's oh, so Jesus. weird. It's, it's such an odd feeling for clients because on the one hand, if you tell someone I was reported as deceased, most people will kind of laugh at you because like, wait, 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 say that again? Because it's so comical. This Jesus but is a the, Southern gay but man. the impact is the worst impact you can have on your credit report. But McClellan says mistakes, even well, typos, yeah, can happen in dead, many places, either with the credit bureaus, lenders, or the Social Security Administration it. itself. And most people find out when they're denied alone. First thing that will happen is your credit score will go to zero. And that means almost anything that you apply for, if they use that credit bureau, you will get a denial letter. No one is tracking exactly how often this happens. But the I-Team obtained this 2019 Social Security Advisory Report that said while the number of erroneous deaths corrected by the agency has decreased, seven to 12,000 people are still mistakenly declared Whoa. dead each year. Darby Whoa. told us no one from the agency could explain how he was declared dead. I said, well, do you investigate this? That's a shit what ton happened? of people. And the man said, no, we don't usually investigate these things. The Social Security Administration declined the I-Team's request for an interview, but said in a statement of the close to 3 million deaths reported each year, less than one-third of 1% 1 are subsequently corrected, and that the agency takes immediate action to correct our records and we can provide a letter that the error has been corrected that can be shared with other organizations but action isn't always immediate darby says by the time he was declared dead the damage was done was not resolved in a month so when we went into our second month of the bank refusing checks which they well, see that's why you have to stay dead by anyone else you go to the cabin in the woods social security even though darby you don't is come no back out of the world problems he and his wife are still cleaning up the mess including the impact on his pension health insurance and potentially even their taxes I anticipate more things coming up. If you stay dead, you wouldn't long. pay taxes. Darby did eventually receive a document from his bank proving he is indeed alive. He has to carry it wherever he goes, just in case he needs to show it. So the one. That's hilarious. So he has to, everywhere he goes, he has to constantly prove that he's not dead. That's a uh, interesting problem to have. <clears throat> but like I said, if you just stay dead, then you get the best of both worlds. What I'm going to do is I'm going to take out a bunch of cash. I'm going to take out, uh, I'm going to get a big life, here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to get a big life insurance policy. I'm going to, well, first of all, you got to find an unwitting partner. Okay, then you got to marry him. And then you have to take out a big giant life insurance policy in their name with them as the beneficiary and then you have to fake your death right after that and then it looks like make sure that your unwitting partner is someone you don't like because they're probably going to go to jail um make sure that you take out the life insurance policy in in their name and then you fake your death and then you have the mailing address be to some like P.O. box up in, in some place in Vermont. And then when you die and then the money gets sent there 
and then she gets she goes to jail because it obviously looks like she did it and then you go to vermont go swing by the p.o box pick up pick up your money you got to do it quick though before your name gets put in the death registry and then take the money go into the woods to your cabin that you've probably already built and uh live happily ever after it'll be great it'll be like walter white at the end of breaking bad when he was living in that cabin in the woods and the truck driver the vacuum guy had to keep bringing him stuff like he would come like once a month and deliver supplies and uh, it'll be just like that it'll be great and it worked out so well for walter white as i recall so just do that i don't know it seems like a pretty good plan to me um an expert explains how people can mistakenly be declared dead in today's world uh this is an article from health magazine 15th of february 2023 an 82 year old woman who was recently pronounced dead at a new york nursing home was later discovered to be alive by funeral home staff this follows a similar incident in iowa where a 66 year old woman with early onset dementia was declared dead by a nurse only to be found gasping for air when funeral home staff unzipped the body bag it's a lot like the woman in uh in the book of hoyo or wherever that place was by a hongo by a by a bongo uh fortunately these events are very rare not really <laughs> not really as we just discovered like 33 people per day uh mistakenly being declared dead uh, not really rare how many that's got to be more common than something that we think is common right like that's got to be it's it's got to be like more common than people that get gonorrhea like how many people get gonorrhea per day now i want to know that god dang it hold on i gotta pause this so i can look that up now okay i was wrong way more people get gonorrhea than get accidentally pronounced dead <laughs> this is this is like an older uh one but i doubt the number's gone down this is from 2018 uh in 2018 roughly 1.6 million people were diagnosed with gonorrhea in the united states over half of the people who contract gonorrhea are between the ages of 15 and 24 well yeah that makes sense that's when you're doing all the hot fudging um this article discusses the facts and some blah 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 surrounding gonorrhea um okay well i guess that's all i needed to know i didn't need to i didn't need to know the rest of that stuff okay well yeah all right so it's not as common as gonorrhea but it's still pretty common okay where was i fortunately these events are very rare but fear of them is visceral which might explain an old naval custom when sewing the canvas oh my god emergency alert holy crap tornado warning oh there's a tornado warning in my area oh god i'm trying to stop this okay i'll be back okay so i'm not dead um <laughs> It's been like an hour. I had to leave and then come back. Um, 
because you know as, as you guys know i'm in an rv down by the pond and so these aren't necessarily tornado friendly so it's storming outside you can't hear that you didn't know that but it is and um anyway we got the uh, tornado it wasn't a tornado watch we get those all the time um here in texas it was a tornado warning meaning they spotted one or there's circulation and so yeah i had to leave to go into uh the actual main house um and yeah so so that i didn't die and the creepiest thing happened on the way back there was no tornado by the way uh when it happened the sirens kept going off but we didn't see an actual tornado um or there's no reports of one anyway um the creepiest thing happened on the way back though so i was walking back uh to the rv so i could finish this podcast and the uh i, I was and i'm walking and it's pitch black right but then there's occasional lightning, <laughs> lightning flashes. So imagine you're watching, you're walking in the pitch black dark. And remember, we have a cow pasture uh, back behind the property. And so walking toward the RV uh, from the house, pitch black, occasional lightning flashes. And in these lightning flashes, I just see a herd of cows kind of like spread out very equally like they're not huddled together they're all just kind of spread out but there's like 10 or 15 of them and they're just standing there still just staring at me <laughs> and just for a brief moment with the lightning I, I see all the silhouettes of all these cows in the field just standing there silently not moving just staring at me <laughs> and then <laughs> I walk a few more steps, another lightning flash, and I swear, like, a few of them had moved, but <laughs> but still standing still, but they weren't where they were, like, five seconds ago with the other lightning flash. <laughs> it was like something out of a scary movie, but it was cows. It was like, how scary are cows? Well, pretty fucking scary in, in this context. Oh, my God, that was so funny. Anyway, so... <laughs> I, uh, yeah, I had to leave rather abruptly. Uh, so sorry about that. I, I had like, you know how, how they say you learn what's important whenever you have like, uh, whenever your house is on fire, like the, whatever few, what are the few items you have like one minute and what do you grab? You know, like what, what are the, th or you can only take three things. What are the three things that you take? You know, you kind of have, uh, I don't know if you've ever heard that question before, but um, so I thought about this whenever I went to the house, I, uh, I grabbed, so there was a, you know, I got the warning and if I, I learned something about myself, I learned that if I have 30 seconds to live, that I'm grabbing a bottle of whiskey and a blow up doll, because those are the two things I grabbed whenever I left the RV like I I left within 30 seconds of the alarm going off and immediately those are, I, it's just instinctively I just grabbed those two things and and then I left and so um I guess I found out what's really important to me uh I left my kid behind my son he was in the bedroom asleep I figured he would be fine uh 
but I thought that, well, I should at least grab, you know, some things that'll keep me occupied on the off chance that, um, you know, one, anyway, uh, moving on, what were we talking about? Um, I think the last thing we were talking about, oh, we were talking about the, 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 how, how rare, but not rare, um, people accidentally getting, um, declared dead is, um, it says, oh, God dang it. Now that I come back, okay, here's what's happening now. I come back and the damn page has popped up a green mountain coffee pop-up over all the text and I can't click off of it. So I had to refresh now to scroll down to find where I was. Okay. Fortunately, these events are very rare, not really, but fear of them is visceral, which might explain an old naval custom. Uh, when sewing the canvas shroud for a dead sailor, the sailmaker would take the last stitch through the nose of the deceased. Having a sailcloth needle through the nose was presumed to be a potent enough stimulus to wake any sailor who was actually still alive. Okay, here's my beef with that. Why did you wait w until you were doing the last stitch of the death veil? Is that what it's called? Death veil? Yeah. No, a, a, a can oh, canvas shroud. What? Canvas shroud. Sorry, that's what it's called. When sewing the canvas shroud for a dead sailor, the sailmaker would take the last stitch through the nose of the deceased. The last stitch. Why the last? Wouldn't that be the first thing you do? Wouldn't you check to see if they're still alive before you go through all the trouble of sewing this entire canvas shroud for this presumably dead sailor? That's so stupid. Why do the last one? Do it first. Poke him first. If he doesn't wake up, then make the canvas shroud, then wrap him in it, and then put that one through his nose, the last one of that one, just for fun. You've already made the hole from the first time when you tested it. Confirmation of death these days is thankfully a lot less brutal. An absence of a heart and of heart and breath sounds. I swear to God, I forgot how to read. An absence of heart and breath sounds over a period of time, the presence of fixed dilated pupils, a failure to respond to in any stimulus should mean that the person is deceased. All doctors are taught how to do this and are all aware uh, of their duties. Unfortunately, there have been instances where death has been confirmed by this process, yet the patient has shown signs of life afterwards. So you have no heart sounds, you have no breath sounds, so your heart, no heart sounds. I mean, I guess you don't have like a stethoscope, or even if you do, if it's like a very faint, but if you have an EKG, then doesn't that boop boop, boop boop, doesn't that track it? I mean, I guess if you don't have that machine, and you're going just off of sound, I guess you could have a light enough heartbeat. Um and breath sounds. Um, so no heart sounds, no breath sounds, fixed dilated pupils. Hell, I have those sometimes. And a failure to respond to any stimulus. 
Well, I fail to respond to stimuli all the time. <laughs> and the older I get, the more difficult it becomes to get stimulated, if you know what I mean. I'm 39 today, by the way. I don't know if I mentioned that. To, you know, I know I mentioned it's my birthday, but I don't know if I mentioned my age. So I'm almost 40. Um, I'm I'm a little bit worried about turning. I'm not worried about turning 40. I'm worried about what, how other people will look at, like the the way that other people will look at me might change once I turn 40. Because I feel like a 40 year old. You know, suddenly, like, you have this extra layer of expectations on you that a 39-year-old may not have just because your number still starts with a 30. Um, I don't know. I mean, that's a year away, but it's just something I was thinking about. Anyway, that's not what I'm trying to talk about now. I'm just saying that um, I have trouble getting boners sometimes. <laughs> mm, that's actually not entirely true. Um, I, I can get boners when, when the situation calls for it. It's, I don't get random boners. You know, when you're young, you just get random boners just for no reason. Like, well, Ladies, maybe I don't know if you guys, but guys, um, <laughs> do girls get random boners whenever they're young? I don't know. Um, guys, I don't know. Maybe you can, uh, I know you can all relate to this. You know, you could just have it rub up against the inside of your shorts just the right way. And then you get a boner and me, uh, you know, now at this age, it's, like, you could put porn right in front of me. Nothing would happen. Nothing would happen. Like, unless I'm in the mood for it to happen, it's not going to happen. So you, you, it's not like I could just be walking by and uh, just there happens to be porn on a TV somewhere. And I stop and watch it and I'm just going to suddenly get a boner. That, even then, doesn't, doesn't, doesn't work. Um... I have to really be in the mood for it or something has to be like physically happening in person. Um, I don't know. How did I get started talking about my boners? That is not what I was trying to talk about. Um, but wouldn't the, that would be, wouldn't that be a test though? Like bring, if you're a guy and you think the guys that bring in a hot lady and just, uh, just have her, have her mess around with it. Just have her mess around with it. You know? The person may not even be able to see, like maybe they're so close to death that they can't even see, but you know, maybe they can still be like, Hey, there's a really hot lady. There doesn't have to have to actually be one. It could be the guy doctor. He just says, Hey, there's a really hot lady here. She's going to touch your wiener. And then the guy doctor just kind of fiddle. <laughs> just a little bit. Just see if anything happens. At least his heart sounds his heart should start making sounds, right? Or you should at least, like, take a breath. You know, start breathing a little heavier or something. Like, something should happen. <laughs> I 
Failure to perform the confirmation of death procedure properly explains some instances of people being incorrectly declared dead, a cursory examination, blah, blah, blah. Um, I kind of want to know, like, what are the things that could put you in a state of where you could be considered or that you could pass the are you dead test? Or would it be failing? If they, if they give you the are you dead test, and they think you're dead, did you pass the test, or did you fail the test? I don't know. But my point is, is that I'm trying to, I want to find out what are the things that could trick someone, a doctor, into making them, making them think that you are dead. Um, let's see. It looks like diazepam, brand name Valium. Okay, so Valium. Um, Alprazolam, brand name Xanax. Okay, so Valium and Xanax have both caused people to mistakenly be declared dead. Okay, so if I want to, if I want my cabin in the woods, I need Valium and Xanax. Okay, good. All right, I'm taking notes. Um, certain toxins may have a similar effect. Voodoo practitioners called bokers. Who the hell? Who? I see. I've already lost. I've already lost. You've lost all credibility now. You're bringing up voodoo practitioners. Voodoo practitioners called bokers. B o k o r s. Apparently administered powders to victims to make them seem dead. These powders reportedly contain small doses of tetrodotoxin from pufferfish. Oh, pufferfish. Um, I've never had. I've never had it, but I've always wanted to try it. I've always wanted to go like a really nice sushi place and try it. But knowing my luck, I'll I'll get. I'll go on the night where they brought in the B team chefs. <laughs> And they won't prepare it just right. And uh, But maybe that's what I want. Maybe this is how I do it. Maybe this is how I get my cabin in the woods. Maybe I pull like an Ocean's Eleven type thing. And I go in like this real complicated, choreographed, well-rehearsed thing where I, I get the chef, the B-team chef. Someone goes and makes the A-team chef sick. He's got to call in. Oh, look. Here's the B-team chef, the guy that you recently hired as a backup for the A-team chef. Just so happens to be one of my plants. He comes in, prepares me a little some puffer fish. It's just a little too much. Tricks the doctor into thinking I'm dead. Death certificate. Blame my recently married partner who I hate, who I want to go to jail. P.O. box. Cabin in the woods. Trucker bringing me monthly shipments. Walter White. Boom. Happy ending. But now I want to know how much of these things do I need to consume in order to get me close to death but not quite kill me? Okay, so I looked it up and apparently um, the lethal potency is 5,000 to 6,000 
MU per milligram. What is an MU? An MU is a mouse unit. What the fuck? Mouse unit? What the fuck is a mouse unit? 5,000 to 6,000 mouse units. Is that like... Oh, here it says right here. If I keep reading, because I'm a dumbass. Um, a mouse unit? <laughs> That's going to be the name of this podcast. Mouse unit. <laughs> A mouse unit is defined as the amount of toxin required to kill a 20-gram male mouse within 30 minutes after intraperitoneal administration. Intraperitoneal. That means within the peritoneal. What is the peritoneal? Peri means the outer part. Or the periphery, the outer part. In the outer part of the kneel. What's the kneel? I should know my root words. Anyway, I'm a science guy. I'm supposed to know this. I don't know what that means. And the minimum lethal dose for humans is estimated to be approximately 10,000 mouse units. Or approximately 2 milligrams. Okay. So I need two milligrams of pufferfish toxin to, well, that's the minimum lethal dose. But I'm 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 bigger, so like I'm 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 larger than average, so I think I'm safe with two milligrams. Okay, so I need two milligrams of pufferfish toxin, and then that should get me close enough to death to trick a doctor. Now I'm just gonna find a lady. Who I can trick into marrying me and then take out a life insurance policy on her name. It's a lady I can trick into marrying me. I don't know. I still think it's a little early for the pretty girl I've been texting. Um, are mail order brides still a thing? I don't know. Now I kind of want to know. Hold please. Oh my god, mail-order brides are still a real thing. There's a website and everything. It's called themailorderbride.com. <laughs> mail-order brides are indeed real. Thousands of couples have been created around the world due to online dating services. However, there are some sites that can scam you and offer a fraudulent dating experience. Nevertheless, the information found on our site has been checked by our professionals. How can you meet the mailorderbride.com? So I clicked on the mailorderbride.com, which is probably not the best idea because now I feel like Google's going to track what I'm doing. <laughs> They're going to start like spamming me with mail order brides. Um which honestly, okay, so oh, they break it down by country. I don't know. Maybe it's not a bad deal. I mean, how much do they cost? What are they, like a couple hundred bucks? Like, what is this? What are we What are we talking here? Talking a couple hundred? Are we talking... First of all, how do you just buy a person? Isn't this like slavery? Like, what's the deal here? Like, you give them money, and then they come here, they marry you, they get citizenship, and then they divorce you and take half your shit, but they get to stay here? Like, how does that work? This doesn't seem like a good deal for me, now that I think about it. 
Um, but it's hilarious though. So they got it broken down by country. We've got, you can search by Russia, Ukraine. Well, that's odd. Um, Asia and Latin. So you have like different, uh, categories to choose from. Um, okay. I clicked on Latin. First of all, the Latin girl does not look Latin. She just looks like a tan white girl. Yeah, they have like pictures. They have, uh, like when you go, click on country, the first one, Diana Kareva, age 18, location, Russia, occupation, pharmacist. Oh, sure, sure. She's an 18-year-old pharmacist. Sure. She's got a giant tattoo that goes under her boots. First of all, the picture of this girl, um, I don't know if this is a hostage situation or what, but she was... <laughs> <laughs> but she's taking it. She's got a dead look in her eyes. She looks like this is like the thousandth picture she's taken today, or she's high on something. I don't know if I'm comfortable being on this website. Anyway, I'm, but I feel like I need to relay to you what's going on here. Um, She's wearing lingerie, and she's got like, she's got giant boobs, and you scroll down the page, every single girl on this page has just giant boobs, and they're like almost showing their your their uh, nipple, but not quite. And there's no there's no way this is real. There's no way you can't. First of all, the eighteen year old her being an eighteen year old pharmacist, obviously not real. Um, what's the next one? Oh, we got a twenty year old physician from Russia. Oh, okay, also giant boobs. Um, Tatiana Zaitseva. Oh, she's 28 at least. And she's a manager. Okay. Like the 19 year old should be the manager. The 28 year old, she should be the physician. I feel like whoever made this website doesn't have like a firm grasp on how things work in America. Not that these girls are in America. So I don't know. Maybe in Russia you can be an 18 year old position or whatever it was um oh a 23 year old customer service rep okay okay and you can just keep scrolling through there's like dozens of them and they're all like professional photos they look like they pulled some photos off of google like model photos or something just random models um we've got some we got some frequently asked questions here. Uh, what is a mail order bride? A mail order bride is a lady who has an account on a dating site. Okay, that's it. She has an account on a dating site. Okay. Well, I guess every girl I've ever talked to on Bumble and Tinder is a mail order bride. I didn't realize that was the case. Uh, she hopes that she will find a perfect partner abroad. I'm sure she does. These women want to find men who will support and protect them as well as love them. Yeah, they're 18 year old, they're 18 years old, and they want to be sold off to some guy, some random guy in a foreign country. Um, how much does a mail order bride cost? Oh, here we go. Now we're getting down to the nitty gritty. Buying a woman is impossible, <laughs> but then they give you a price. <laughs> 
In general, you may spend around $5,000 to meet your woman and marry her. Okay. Uh, who am I spending this five? Who, who am I giving this five thousand dollars to? Like, who's the middleman here? Um, how to get a mail order bride? You can use two ways: travel the country of your dream and meet your perfect woman. We recommend a second, and that is a lot more convenient. You will spend less time and money, and you blah blah blah. Uh, what are the best mail order bride sites? How to buy a mail order bride? Oh. Here's some here's some websites. There are a lot of legendary and giant mail order bride sites like eDarling, and you can choose them if you want to search a bride among millions of people. However, we would like to recommend sites like Love Swans, <laughs> Match Truly, Asia Charm, <laughs> and Latin Feels that are younger than eDarling but have pretty large databases and can offer you a lot of communication services as well as constant support. That's hilarious. I'm learning so much today. Um, <laughs> oh, they go on and on, but oh my gosh, I think you get the point. Um, okay, so I'm going to go to... What was it? Latinfeels.com. <laughs> buy my old pill or bride, which you can't buy a woman, but for $5,000, you can. <laughs> Life insurance policy. Boom. Cabin in the woods. Happy ending. Which, if I want a happy ending, maybe I should go to Asia Charm. Hey, oh. See what I did there? See what I did there? That's casual racism. Just just a little casual racism. It's fine. It's fine. No one's getting hurt. Everything's fine. Okay, I gotta close this fucking website before Google finds out I've spent more than <laughs> like a fucking hour on this website. Um <laughs> and I start getting spammed. Oh my gosh. Okay. Um, this was fun. I hope you had as much fun planning out my fake death and my eventual retirement into the bliss of uh, non-existence um, with me as I have. This was a really good time. Now I have to text the pretty girl bag and tell her that I'm sorry for being a dick earlier. And uh, hopefully... She still wants to, you know, say hi to me every now and then. Um, okay. Uh, you know, you guys know what to do. Whatever whatever button looks good, hit that button. And if it looks bad, don't hit that button. Uh, you know, I don't have social media. So share this with a friend. Um, I would greatly appreciate it. It costs you nothing. I, I, I'm not making any money. I probably won't ever. But, you know, it's just something I do for fun. And the more people that listen, the more motivated I get to keep doing it. Uh, but, you know, the plan is to keep doing this just because it's fun and I enjoy doing it. And I am growing very slowly but surely. But, you know, people are listening. And more and more people are listening. So thank you guys for that. Um, and, yeah, um, share, tell a friend. And, uh, as always... Bedankt voor uw luisteren. Oké. Okay.
Good night, everybody. See you next time.